0: Alright, if I can get somebody to turn off that air back there, that'd be great. Just a couple more announcements. Um, our small groups, um, beginning on the 12th of September, not this coming Sunday. Obviously this coming Sunday night we're going to be having worship in the park for our 6 o'clock service this coming Sunday night. But beginning on the 12th of September, we've got um, a sign-up clipboard here for that. If I can get somebody to come grab this, let's go ahead and pass this through. If you've not had a chance to sign up for a class yet, go ahead and sign up. That way we know who is going where. If you'll help us with that. And then also, just real quick, we'll be hearing more about this on Sunday morning. Brother J.B. is going to be sharing a little bit um, uh, on Sunday about his mission trip to Ecuador. Um, But there's some little cards back on the back table just like this. If you're interested and if the Lord would lay on your heart to help. Um, financially, for his mission trip to Ecuador. Um, you can mark that down on that and, and um, it, it gives some instructions about that. Or if you'd just be willing to pray for him, um, or if you'd be willing to give towards some knives. Once again, he's taking knives down with him. He'll talk more about that on Sunday, but very quickly, we've got a clipboard here. Um, every time he's gone, he's been able to take knives down with him. He uses those as tools to be able to give his rewards, and it really opens up some doors for um, those uh, policemen that he's going to be working with down there. Um, Um, and being able to lead them to the Lord. And so if you'd be interested in, in being part of that, we do have a clipboard here as well for that. Let me go ahead and pass this through if I could. Sorry, Brother Andy, I'm waiting for you to sit down. That's all. (laughs) thank you sir so if you go ahead and sign up for that you need to have that money in by the 20th of september if you would and that way that uh, he can get those ordered and have those knives um to take with him on that mission trip he's leaving on the 26th going to ecuador and um so just stop by grab one of these be in prayer about it if you want to help him to help pay for that it's something that kind of a last minute thing that the 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 lord opened up that door and uh, brother jb is walking through that and uh And if you want to help with that opportunity to invest in that mission trip, um, take that and it gives you instructions about how to give toward that. Let's get our Bibles tonight. Turn to Isaiah chapter 25, if you would. Isaiah chapter 25. Isaiah 25. We're going to look at just a couple of verses tonight. Isaiah 25, verse number 1 and verse number 4. Go ahead and find your place there, if you would, and let's go ahead and read those verses. I'll read aloud if you'll follow along there. Isaiah 25, verse number 1. O Lord, Thou art my God, I will exalt Thee, I will praise Thy name, for Thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Jump down to verse number 4, if you would. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible ones is at as a storm against the wall. Let's have a word of prayer and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray, Lord, tonight as we once again open your word and hear from you, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts, encourage us tonight. What I'm thankful for who you are. I'm thankful tonight that we can come to you, that we can know you, and I pray, Lord, that you would just help our relationship uh, to grow stronger tonight, our appreciation for you to, uh, to grow fonder, and I pray, Lord, that we would uh, just look in our hearts and see how the relationship is, how our love is for you, whether or not we are thankful as we should be, and Lord, I just pray that you'd be glorified, challenge us tonight, Lord, encourage us, these verses tonight are so encouraging to us, Lord, we we'll are thankful for who you are. Meet with us now, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I love songs. I love singing different types of songs. I love hymns. I, there's a lot of great hymns, and you read about the story about how they've been written. I think of um, songs like Amazing Grace. Does anybody know how and, and why or who wrote that song and what condition they were in? Anybody know? Amazing Grace. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. He was a slave trader. There he is. And God gets a hold of his heart. He writes the words. I love to hear the the, the story behind the words. I think of the song about it is well with my soul. Many of you know the story behind that. And here we see a father that has lost his children. And there he is on a ship headed over to London. And there he is. And as he's passing over the spot of where his children were lost... God speaks to his heart. And he pens the words to it as well with my soul. I love songs like that. I like to. I, I, I have a book that, that talks about stories that go with the hymns. And it's, it's really neat to read some of them. I want to just share one with you tonight. And it's, um, it's from the book Al Smith's Treasury of Hymn Stories. In that book, he tells when Hadler Lilinus told him how he came to write the song, My Wonderful Lord. He was driving down, as as the story goes, he was driving down a boulevard there in Kansas City early one morning on the way to the office. It was a gray, dark, chilly, foggy day. His wife was ill. He'd left home with a heavy heart. And as he drove along that boulevard, he said it seemed as though somebody opened the door and got in the car with him. Sat there right next to him. And Lilinus said this, he says, I could feel the warmth of his sacred presence and I began to sing quietly. My wonderful Lord, my wonderful Lord, by angels and seraphs in heaven adored, I bow at Thy shrine, my Savior divine, my wonderful, wonderful Lord. In doing so, Hadler Lillianus, he gave us the hymn, My Wonderful Lord. If you don't know that, I would encourage you to look it up. You could look it up. The, the, the Collinsworth family does a great job of singing this song. It will stir your heart. I would encourage you to look it up listen to it. It's a beautiful song. I remember singing it growing up when I was young. And the words and the verses are so powerful. But the whole theme of it is my wonderful Lord. You know, in much the same way, Isaiah, he speaks about a wonderful God that has done wonderful things for his people here in our text tonight. Maybe we could have somebody come on over. And You need a little bit of help. We'll get you some help. Linda, would you mind helping out? Thank you. I really appreciate these kids being here. And I'm doing this because I know that, that Janelle enjoys having a little bit of help. I don't mind at all. I'm glad the kids are here. I want us to look here tonight and I want us to see Isaiah as what he says and as he speaks about our wonderful Lord. And how that God does wonderful things for His people. And once again tonight, as we're looking at, we've been on this series for just a few weeks now, looking at, looking at God through the eyes of Isaiah as we look through Isaiah, we can see how the Isaiah, how God revealed Himself to Isaiah and, and, and how Isaiah, as he wrote those words down, as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to, to share how God revealed Himself to him. And God didn't just do it to reveal Himself to Isaiah. God did it to reveal Himself also to us. Are you all with me tonight? Alright, focus up here. Look this way. All right, God wrote these words that He might reveal Himself to us. And so we've been looking at, through the eyes of Isaiah, we've looked at several passages, Isaiah 6, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. We see there the holiness of God, and we see the, the, the angels, the sixth... Six wings and how they're there before the presence of God. And, and we, we, we are able to see through the eyes of how God is so holy, how God is so great, and how God is so powerful. And, 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 and seeing from the eyes of Isaiah how God is so good to us. And tonight, I want us to continue looking through His eyes and as Isaiah continues to teach us about the person and the nature of God. I want you to notice our text and I want us to learn tonight about our wonderful Lord. Our wonderful Lord. The first thing I want you to notice here as we look at verse number 1, notice the relationship with God that can be asserted. The relationship with God that can be asserted. And once again, as we've seen over the last several weeks, there are several things about God that, that is revealed to us. And, but here in chapter 25, verse 1, Isaiah, he makes a wonderful declaration about God. He tells us that we can have a relationship with God. I want you to notice what Isaiah says about this relationship. First of all, we see that God, the God that is exclaimed, in verse number one, notice what he says there. Look at it again. He says, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. What do you see there with that word? What, what in the word Lord, what do you see there that jumps out at you? This is something we've talked about several times this year. What jumps out at you about the way the word Lord is written? All caps, exactly right. Oh, Lord. And it's all capital letters, and it's talking about Jehovah there. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago and why we use the word Jehovah or Lord in all caps and the reason why we look at it that way. But this, this name Jehovah, or capital L-O-R-D, it occurs about 7,000 times in the Old Testament. And of all the names of God, there is none that is more sublime or solemn as this name. As a matter of fact, it is the name of God. This name that was whispered, and it was only whispered by the high priest once a year, and only when he was in the holy of holies would that occur. It was something that was so holy. It was something that was so precious. O Lord, he says. You know, Newberry he defines the name that we speak of when we say Jehovah or the Lord, capital all caps. He he defines it as He that is always, that always was that always is and ever is to come. And it's a name that declares that God is the eternal, self-existent God. And so I'm saying all of this, you say, well, I already know all of that. I want to remind us of that. God is forever. God is he has never never not existed. He always was, always will be, and will ever will for all eternity future will exist. We're talking about oh Lord. It's a name that declares that God is the eternal self-existent God. He is the one that needs no one to exist. You think about that. He doesn't need us to exist. He, he needs no one to exist. For he in himself possesses essential life. He in himself, he, he possesses permanent existence. I want you to grasp onto that. He is the one being in himself, the fixed and constant and absolute one. The one who will never be found wanting, the one that will never be out of time, the one that will never be out of character. That's what we're talking about. He is Lord. He is Jehovah. It is the name that distinguishes God as being without comparison or equal. Now I'm saying all of that because we're building a foundation of what Isaiah is wanting us to see about God here. He begins by saying, O Lord, and he's talking about the one that, that has no equal. The one that is above all others. Isaiah said this in Isaiah 40, 25. He says, To whom then will he liken me? Or shall I be equal? Saith the Holy One. Again, in chapter 46, verse 5, he says, "...to whom will ye liken me, and make me equal, and compare me that we may be like?" I mean, obviously, these are rhetorical questions. There's nothing that can compare to God. There is nothing that is as great as God. We're talking about Jehovah. He is the God that is I Am that I Am. And so we see the very first thing we notice here. Very simply, the God that is exclaimed, O Lord! I want you to grab onto that because that is the foundation that we're going to jump off of. I want you to notice secondly here, the God that is experienced. He's experiencing something. He's exclaiming something. Oh, Lord! And we see here, after identifying Him as Lord, then Isaiah declares that Thou art my God. The One that is Jehovah. The One that is the self-existent One. The One that is the great I Am. Thou art my God, He says. He says. He declares that he has a personal relationship with God. You know, the more that I learn about God, the more I'm amazed about God. It's amazing when you think about who God is. The more that we learn about Him. You know, but what's more overwhelming than that is that I can say this, that I can have a relationship with that God. With my God. With Jehovah Thou art my God. I can say the same thing. Thou art my God. You know, one of the joys I have in life is being able to stand behind the pulpit and to be able to proclaim before people about the great and grand and glorious God that we can have a personal relationship with. It is such a wonderful thing to be able to to proclaim that truth. And I want to challenge you and ask you the question tonight. Can you say that He is your God? Can you say it? He is my God. Thou art my God. Do you have a personal relationship with God? Do you know Him? Now, you say, well, preacher, I mean, you're talking to the choir tonight. Look around, the people that are here. Yes, I know. But what I'm asking is, do you have a personal relationship? Did you have a personal relationship with God today? How about this week? He is your God Do you say it that way? Yep, he's God. Or do we say, he is my God? Acknowledging him for who he is. Worshipping him for who he is with our life. Having that personal relationship with him. Listen, this is a privilege that each of us can have. And yes, it is a privilege. Don't take it for granted, don't be flippant about it. We can have a relationship with God and we ought to develop that relationship. He longs to have a closer relationship with us. We see thirdly here the God that is exalted. In response, after He says, O Lord, Thou art my God. Notice what Isaiah says there. Look what he says that he's going to do. I will exalt Thee. I will praise Thy name for Thou hast done wonderful things. You know, the most wonderful thing that God has done for any of us is to allow us to have a relationship with Him. That's the most wonderful thing. Who are we? God doesn't doesn't owe us anything. The most wonderful thing is that we can have that relationship with God. Think about what it costs God for us to have that relationship. Think about the fact that He sent His Son, that He literally died in our place so we could have that relationship. He did all that was required that we could have that relationship. It's a privilege that we have. And because we can have that relationship, we ought to exalt Him. We ought to praise Him for what He's done for us. That word there, exalt, it speaks of lifting high, raising to a lofty position, exalting. When I think of how this God has allowed me to have a personal relationship with Him, I want to lift Him up. I want to exalt Him. I want to magnify Him. I want to lift up His name. I want people to see that His name is precious to me. I want for God to know that I exalt Him. That I lift Him up. That He is above all other things in my life. Exalt, Isaiah says. He says praise. That word praise, it carries the idea of lifting the hands to give thanks, to offer thanksgiving unto God, to give a thanks offering unto God. By the way, there's nothing wrong with lifting holy hands unto God and worshiping Him. There is nothing wrong with that. When you think about what God has done for us, listen, it ought to cause us to be able to... to, How could you help not help, but exalt Him and praise Him for what He's done for us? God is so good to us. I read about an elderly Christian man. Who was, he was a fine singer. He loved to sing songs. He enjoyed singing songs of praise to the Lord. Well, he would learned that he had cancer of the tongue. Surgery was going to be required. In the hospital, after everything was ready for the surgery, the man said to the doctor, he says, Doc, are you sure that I'll never sing again? I mean, can you imagine being in that place? they are getting ready to do surgery in your tongue, and you're going to lose the ability to be able to sing. He says, am I going to be able to sing again? You're telling me I'm not going to be able to? And the doctor, he just looked at him and he shook his head, no. No, you can't. And the man asked if he could sit up for a moment and then he said this, I've had many good times singing the praises of God and now you tell me I can never sing again. I have one song that will be my last. He then began to sing one of Isaac Watts' great hymns and the words were this, I'll praise my maker while I breath and when my voice is lost in death, Praise shall employ my nobler powers. My days of praise shall ne'er be passed. While life and though and being last or immortality endures. Can you imagine singing that song? Of course, if you're a child of God, when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to sing those praises. But I want to ask you the question right now. What if you were not able to sing another song of praise under the Lord right here in this earth? Think about that. I want you to think about that next time we're singing songs in the song service. I want you to think about that when you're going through life. And there's the, When I'm going through life, there's always a song in my heart. There's many times I say that. It doesn't mean I never have challenging times. But even in those challenging times, I'm singing songs that, that, that comfort my heart. Songs of praise and worship to God. Songs of thanks to God. What an encouragement to be able to, to praise and to, to worship the Lord, to, to exalt His name. And I know we can do that in different ways, but one of the ways we can do it is through singing. One of the ways we can do it is when we're, when we're praying and talking to God. One of the ways that we can do it is by proclaiming who He is, that He is my God, and sharing that with other people. Lifting up His name. You see, each of us that can say Thou art my God ought to, as long as we have breath, exalt and praise Him. Lifting his name up. He has done wonderful things for us. The fact that we can have that personal relationship. Just that alone. You think about what it costs. And then to think that it's more than just heaven. It's more than just our sins being forgiven. We can have an intimate, close relationship with our God. And so we see the relationship with God that can be asserted. Secondly, notice with me the reliability of God that can be attested. The reliability of God that can be attested to. Isaiah not only tells us that we can have a personal relationship with God, but also tells us what God will mean to us in that relationship. It's more than just having that relationship, but what God does and what He means to us in that relationship. Isaiah, he concludes verse 1 by saying this. Look at it. He says, Thy counsels of old are faithfulness. And what's the next word? Are you all with me? Y'all with me tonight? Let's look at it again. He says, Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. And truth. He tells us that God will be a faithful God. He is the one that is dependable. He is the one that is reliable. He is faithful. I want you to notice how Isaiah describes the reliability of God. First of all, we see a promised faithfulness. A promised faithfulness. He uses the word there, counsels. Councils. That word, it speaks of a plan. A plan. In our last study, we saw that God is a God of purpose and plans. and That he, His purposes will come to pass. They, they cannot be disannulled or defeated. Last Wednesday, we looked at that and we saw how God, He has a plan. God has a purpose for what we're going through. You know, there's a lot of people that have, say that they're going to do something and don't do it. I mean, probably the greatest example of that. Is politicians, they make promises they never keep, it seems. But God, when He says He's going to do something, you can be certain that God will do exactly as He has promised. You can be certain of that. He has promised that He will be faithful and He is a God that cannot lie. We read in Deuteronomy 7.9, it says there, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. What kind of God is He? Faithful God. He's the faithful God. And so we see a promised faithfulness. He counsels us. It's a plan. He's planning on being there for us. He'll, He'll always be there. He'll be faithful to us. Secondly, we have a proven faithfulness. Notice carefully that it speaks of God's counsels of, what's the next word? God's counsels of what? You see it? Counsels of what? Counsels of what? Old. They're old. What's he talking about? God has been faithful throughout all time. God has been faithful again and again and again and again. In other words, He's speaking of God's counsels that were pre-planned in eternities past and proven to be faithful throughout all time. It was something before even the foundation of the world. God has always been faithful. He is faithful and will always be faithful. It is something that is proven again and again and again. All you got to do is look at His record. I mean, just look at the first five books of the Bible and see God's faithfulness. How God keeps His Word. How God makes a covenant. God keeps His covenant. How God provides. How God is there. I mean, we can see so many examples just in the Pentateuch we can see it. And yet, I have seen it in my own life. I have seen God's faithfulness again and again and again. Listen, many of us tonight, we could testify of the faithfulness of God. Has God been faithful in your life? Yes or no? Has God been faithful in your life? Share it. How has He been faithful? What has He done? Let's exalt Him. Let's praise Him. How has God been faithful to you? You say He's been faithful of old. Yeah, I can look back and see in the Bible when He was faithful. I can look back and see all the examples. I can look back in my life and see it too. How has God been faithful in your life? Would somebody just share How has God been faithful? Let's praise and exalt his name. Amen. Amen. And every one of us could say amen to that. There's no doubt about that. There's not one of us that are sitting here that God has not been faithful to. He could have given up on us and he doesn't. Somebody else, how has God been faithful to you? Yeah, Hannah. Amen. God takes care of our financial situation. God takes care of it. We trust in him. God takes care of it. What else? How has God been faithful to you? Yes, ma'am. Amen. 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 Even when we lose the security that God puts in our life, God is still there. God is faithful. And I say that because your husband, I know you relied so much on him, and you should. And yet God is still faithful. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Because you know, I just feel like I'm at the end of my strength. I don't know how I can mm-hmm. keep going. I don't know how I can keep doing this. Every time God comes through and just Amen. reminds me, gives me a verse, gives me something that that I just I need to mm-hmm. keep going. Amen. He's faithful to speak to us in those times we need Him, and He will. Amen. Yes, ma'am. It was His plan that He did it, and I don't feel alone. Amen. 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 He was in yeah, I brought you together. Amen. Right. Amen. amen anybody else how has God been faithful to you yes sir Amen. It's good. God is faithful to us. It's good. It's good to stop and talk about how good God is and to praise Him, to exalt Him. Yes, with your life, but with your mouth too. Amen. With your mouth too. Amen. We need to say it with our mouth. People need to hear it. We ought to get excited about who God is, and it ought to be something that's evidenced, yes, in our lifestyle, but what we say. Share it. Tell others about Christ. Tell them about the God that you know and how faithful he is. Anybody else want to give you a chance? Yes? Yes? Amen. It's good. Anybody else? I don't want to belabor it, but I don't want to stop anybody that wants to, wants to lift up the name of the Lord of how He's been faithful in your life. Let's move on. I want you to notice here, you, if you would, thirdly, a perfect faithfulness. Okay, He's been faithful. That's great. But it's perfect Faithfulness. Isaiah, he uses a combination of words that describes the counsels of God. He he spoke of them as being faithfulness and truth. Faithfulness and truth. The the use of two related nouns is an idiom of total uh, perfection is what he's talking about here. Isaiah, by saying that God is, is characterized by faithfulness and truth, and that he was declaring that God's faithfulness is perfect. He is faithful. His faithfulness is total faithfulness. It is perfect faithfulness. Has there ever been a time in your life when God wasn't faithful? Has there ever been a time when God did not keep His word? You know, there's, you listen. You cannot find any time that you can testify that God has been anything less than faithful. He can do nothing less. He is absolutely faithful. There might be times we don't understand. There might be times we ask God why, but God is still faithful. God will do what He said He's going to do. God is faithful. So what is Isaiah telling us about this God that we can have a relationship with? A personal relationship? He's telling us that He is a God who we can depend upon. Depend on Him. Lean on Him. Trust in Him. He's talking about a God that is nothing but faithful. He's always been faithful. He always will be faithful. He is right there with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He knows what's best for your life. He knows what you're going through. He is faithful. Depend on him. Put your faith in him. Don't put it in the things of this world. Put your faith in him. He is faithful. And so we see the relationship with God that can be asserted. The relationship of God that can be attested to. And then thirdly and lastly, notice the resources from God that can be appropriated. The resources that God will give us. After Isaiah tells us that we can have a relationship with God, the kind of God that He is, he then tells us what God can be for us or God will do for us. Look at verse number 4, what he says. Notice it. He says, "...for thou hast been a strength to the poor." A strength to the needy in his distress. A refuge from the storm. A shadow from the heat when the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. Isaiah says here, this verse is, for thou hast been. For thou hast been. Here he is, he's telling us what God has been to His people and what God can do to His people. What God can be for His people. How God will bless His people. And I want you to notice here, the first thing I see there, it says that he has been a strength to the poor. He is a great strength for the poor. That word, their strength, it speaks of a place of defense or refuge. You ever needed a refuge? You ever needed some defense in your life? That's what he will be for us a strength. That word, their poor, literally means dangling, thin, weak. You see, to those who are dangling at the end of life's rope, at the end of themselves, God is their place of help. God is their place of security. God is their, their refuge, is what he's saying here. You see, when we can't go any further, he is there for us to run to, to be our refuge. He is there for us. He has to a strength to the poor. Secondly, we read there, a strength to the needy in His distress. He is a great solace to the distressed. You're distressed. You need, you need to have help. You need to have peace. That word, the distress, it speaks of one in a tight place. You ever been there? Between a rock and a hard place? That's what it's talking about. We've all been there. It describes the stress. And stress caused by the problems of life. We all have problems. We all find ourselves in in difficult situations at times, and many times in life. And I want to say to you tonight that when you're facing problems in life, you find yourself in a tight place. The solution is to go to the Lord. Go to Him. He is the solution. He's not a solution, He is the solution. Don't go to the world to find the answers with the the problems that you're facing. Don't go to that person that doesn't even know the Lord and, and share your heart and expect that you're going to find the answer for the solution of the problem that you're facing. Go to the Lord. He is our refuge. He is the solution. Thirdly, we see that He is a shelter in the storm. There we read it says a refuge from the storm. You ever been in a storm? Maybe you're there right now. Going through a storm of life. Our storms can be financial. They can be, I mean, a physical storm. Something you're going through that perhaps is a material thing. I mean, it might be some kind of emotional storm that you're facing. Yet, God is a refuge from the storm. God is a help during that storm, during the difficulties of our life. You know, I, I, um, you, you hear about people that have, I remember um, watching different documentaries about people in the, the, the Tornado Valley here in our country where they, they don't have, perhaps they didn't have basements, but they had places that they would dig out and they would have a, maybe a cellar or they would have a, um, a, a special place that they would build that was very strong that they would go to at that time. And everybody in the family would know that if a tornado was coming, you'd get into that place of refuge. Get into that place where you can find there to be protection from that storm. Listen, in the storms of life, we also have a special place where we can go and be protected. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 91, verse 1. He said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him will I trust. A secret place. Do you know about that place? Do you know about that refuge? Having that personal relationship with our God and being able to go to Him. To share your deepest needs, the, the deepest brokenness of your heart and sharing it with Him. To asking Him to help you in that, that storm that you're going through in life. I read about a Japanese woman whose heart was yearning for someone or some, somebody to, 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 that she could lean on. Something she could lean on. She had distresses of life just like we do. You know, we think about ourselves as far as living in this country and how, you know, that, that we have unique things. You know, people in the whole world face problems just like what we face. Everybody goes through storms. Here she is, a Japanese woman, and she's yearning for someone that she can lean on. She says, I went and I was looking for comfort, so I went to the temple. I drew lots to see if I could get some comfort. I opened the little package which fell to me and inside it said this, there is no help for you. Lean on your own shadow and go on. She said, I was more desperate than ever. I looked at the great sun by day and the moon by night and felt there should, someone, there should be someone out there that, I, that would care for me that, that I need so much that I could lean on. The story goes that later she met a missionary that told her about a God that loved her. And what He could do for her and be to her. And she burst into tears and she cried. And she said, I thought there ought to be such a God. There is such a God. He is there for us. He is my God. He is my Lord. If you're a child of God, He's your Father. He cares for you. He wants the relationship with you. He's a God that we can depend on. He is so faithful to us. In this world, there are times when people are not faithful. But God, our Heavenly Father, is so faithful. God does not lie. He is a God that will be there as a strength to the poor, a solace to the distressed, a shelter in the storm. This God is our wonderful Lord. He is my Lord, my wonderful Lord. Let's all stand with our heads bowed as we pray. Lord, thank you so much for being such an awesome God, a faithful God, faithful in truth. You are always faithful. You have a plan for our life. You are refuge, our strength, our help. Our present help in time of need. Lord, I'm thankful tonight. Thank you so much for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you so much for the privilege of being able to have a personal relationship with you. That you care for us. That You protect us. That You guide us. You are a refuge. There's nothing that we go through in life that You're not there with us. Lord, I thank You. Lord, thank You for Your faithfulness. Their heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. Is He your God? Was he your father, aren't you thankful tonight that God loves you? That you can say, He's my Lord. We ought to exalt and praise Him, we ought to lift Him high in our life. We ought to thank Him. Offer thanksgiving, an offering of thanksgiving unto the Lord for what He's done for us. You might be going through a storm tonight and you just need to come to the Lord. Come to your refuge. Ask Him for His help. You might need help in making decisions. Ask Him for His counsel. Wisdom. Ask Him for His guidance. You're going through that storm right now. Remember His faithfulness. How He's been there in times past. How He's guided you. You're going through troubles in your life. Open up the Word of God. Let Him speak to your heart. Trust His Word. I want to invite you tonight... You might be carrying a burden. You just need to give to the Lord tonight. Maybe tonight I'd invite you just to, to get down on your knees and praise God for what he's done for you. Praise and exalt his name. Offer up thanksgiving unto him.